0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the, the, the Adventure Zone, Zone, Zone. It's a podcast about a podcast within a podcast about a podcast. I think I mixed those up. I was going to say it differently. No, um, I think that's great. I
1: think that, that's a wonderful cut. You should just leave it like like everything from the very beginning. God, this entire, I'm, the past three minutes has just I'm been mi- gold.
0: I mixed up my abouts and my withins, but you know what I mean. This is a show where we talk about the McElroys talking about their own show. Um... There is a alarm going off in the background while I'm speaking. I can't even hear it. Okay, good. If you can't hear it, then probably the microphone's not picking it up. But just in case, let's yeah. pause for a second while this don't truck pause backs the recording. Up. I'm not pausing the recording. Okay. I'm just pausing the. Di- well, you we can keep talking, but don't say anything interesting pertaining to the to the show. Man, I've been playing so much Rollercoaster Tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? It's <laughs> so good. Oh my god. Okay, the backup sound stopped. So back to the show. Um. Yeah, we're talking about TTAZZ Max Fun Special. Um. Yeah, support Max Fun. Cause without them, we wouldn't have a show. Yes. So we and need also, to I think the drive is technically over at this point. I apologize. Yeah, but can this still you could still pledge. Well, that's true. That's true. So I think one of the the kind of overarching themes during this uh, discussion episode was Mm -hmm. the ways in which balance and amnesty are different from each other which is something that we talk (laughs) about a lot and obviously the McElroys are aware of the differences and also talking about them and it's actually like really interesting hearing them it's so fun
1: watching or listening to them have opinions about their show because a lot of those opinions are the same opinions that we have. So it's really fun it's like they did an episode of Taz Talk. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> basically it's it's really interesting hearing them like try to explain their own show to themselves and yes. like what answers they come up with to the questions they have about their own content. Oh my gosh. Um,
1: yeah, but they also they also answered a lot of questions that we were hoping that they were gonna answer. They did
0: actually, yeah. yeah. Um in a way this was in you know, pure like getting answers and like forming conclusions about things sort of mentality. In some ways listening to this was more satisfying than listening to a normal episode because I came away <laughs> thinking like, oh, so many of my questions about things were answered today.
1: <laughs> that's that's actually really true. <laughs> I know.
0: And I mean I think one of the really, really big things which I still Well, yeah, so uh, let's just get into it. We yeah, wanted to do it. Minerva Yep. Going away was not planned. It was it was absolutely a result of Justin's bad role, which again, we talked about this before, how crazy it is that something like that is just happened like by chance essentially yeah. and it's, yeah. it's 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 a further evidence how you can really have like interesting, meaningful affecting experiences in improv role play. Like I've had experiences playing D D where it's just like things come together and you're sitting around the table looking at each other going like, I can't believe we didn't plan that. Like <laughs> it's not impossible to have things turn out really well in a game like this where you're making it up as you go along. And it's yeah. always really interesting. I mean like in a way that's like real life. You have meaningful experiences in real life and real yeah. life is all made up. So maybe it's not that surprising, <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's just really, really fascinating to see where the different elements of this story are coming from, and comparing that to balance. Like, I think,
1: I, I think so much of um, how seamless it is, and how we we really couldn't tell which parts of the story were pre-written, which parts were agreed on, which parts were improv. It it uh, is kind of a testament to the boys and how well they can absolutely. perform and, and their chemistry together. How well they can just like. Uh, their intuition and they they play relay with the stories so so well back and forth between griffin and between the players like yes griffin like helps supplement and fill the gaps and like sets it up so that the boys can react and do things but griffin is so like he i i can't if he's panicking i can't really tell <laughs>
0: <laughs> he might be the kind of person who's low-key panicking all the time
1: I think that's actually a really ugly
0: about Griffin McElroy that's his um, secret he's just always anxious <laughs> is that a, a a coded uh Marvel universe it is, right? okay, is totally good.
1: yeah thank you <laughs> uh, but like so Minerva not actually you know that not really being planned like hearing Griffin's whole thought process of hmm he rolled bad
0: what's a bad thing that could happen meteors the weirdest (laughs) yeah the the weirdest part to me was that when I think Travis was the one reading that question and after he finished reading it Griffin goes like oh that's such a wild question and he acted so surprised that somebody would ask that question to him it seemed like to him it was like well of course I didn't plan it and I'm listening to this going like what are you talking about (laughs) like that's I mean especially in again like in comparison to the way balance was not scripted but you know, railroaded. Again, I've I've been vocal about how I do not find fault with Griffin for railroading the story because they were not, it was not, you know, so much of, they talked about this in previous TTAZZs, how, like, if you're sitting around the table entertaining yourselves, it's so different from trying to entertain an audience. But maybe it's not because he's not doing it this time and it's still, like, there have been a bunch of really, like, the story doesn't feel broken i mean there are things that like pigeon hasn't come back yet and now to hear griffin admit how much he is not like planning things it's like well it's not a surprise like if pigeon doesn't come back it's because the players just didn't go there and in a way it's like really satisfying to know how much player control there is in this story and how much yes like yeah so it's like i i'm willing to sacrifice pigeons prep presence for a little <laughs> bit longer if it means that the story is this organic and that the character choices matter so much and I don't know it's like yeah, yeah it's it, just it, yeah it, it
1: really does feel like and I think Travis is the one who said it but it really feels like an open world kind of gameplay yeah like Griffin things will happen and Griffin will be there to make sure that they happen but he he's ultimately letting the boys like choose where they want to go. And I think it like a really great example of this is Ned with all the different portals in, yeah. in the hotel. Yep. Like I it kind of seemed like Griffin was gently pointing in one direction, but then Ned was just like, Nope, I'm gonna go here.
0: Yeah. And the, Griffin was like, Really? Okay. <laughs> the the white the white not the white, the bright. Yes. The bright portal was obviously where Griffin I mean not obviously but it like me it and me both like, had this intuition that's yes. where Ned was meant to go but there was no problem with him not going there you know and it's like there was there was one point in this episode where Travis says something about how you know people are always asking about times like when when did Justin and Travis almost break the game and he <laughs> he goes like but you know art that's not really how RPGs like this work and yeah. I'm listening going like uh yes it is you <laughs> forgot what it's really like because like you've been, I mean, it. that's how it is unless yeah. your DM is really good or you're a group of people that is just like working together really well and has this really strong synergy because it's like, otherwise you're sitting there and you're like trying to introduce a new story element and you haven't really done this before. And then one of your characters is like, just jumped full on into murder hobo territory and just like, bam, decides to magic missile your cool NPC you invented to try to progress the story yeah they're dead now what do you do it's just like these things are things that can get broken and yes. that again testament to like the McElroy skills as a unit to Griffin skills is the dm yeah to be able to not necessarily even recover from that kind of divergence in the story but just but like to build just it, navigate it yeah just like building the thing in such a way that you guys this is your world, like, you can do what you want in it. It's very inspiring in a way, as, like, somebody who has DM'd my, you know, who has DM'd before and who is yeah. trying to do a good job. I think you do a
1: great job for Thank the Thank
0: you, <laughs> um,
1: I, I think also, like, they've said this before in, in other TTAZZs, but the story that they're building, they don't want to break Griffin's thing. Yeah. So, like, part, a lot of it is um, also, like, one, they don't want to break Griffin's thing, but also, two they're invested in trying to make an interesting story. Mm-hmm. So, like, at the beginning of Amnesty, Griffin had to remind them to not necessarily, like, min-max your character. Don't don't focus on it like that. Focus on what would be narratively more interesting. So I think, like, playing with that in mind has just led to really fantastic twists and turns. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's super exciting to listen it's to It's
0: super it. good. One thing that I... So we were talking about how, you know, we're listening to them have their take on stuff we talk about all the time, <laughs> yes. which is, like, what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, and one thing that I actually was like, I think you're wrong about that, mm. Griffin, mm. is when he was talking about, they were talking about, um, they're kind of bemoaning the lack of
1: interpersonal,
0: in, not character growth necessarily, but, like, character-to-character to, character to character mm, development. Like bonds? Like, yeah, like relationship development. Yeah, And Griffin was saying, like, he made this comment about, like, the threat in Amnesty is more con constant so you can't like have a scene where you're in a mud bath with your boss because mm-hmm, there's a yeah. werewolf on the loose but I really yeah. don't think I don't think that's true because like they have downtime and they, do. they have lunar lunar interludes in amnesty yeah. and it's like there's a hot spring at the lodge you know like yeah. they could easily have this kind of scene if they wanted to I really think that like the reason you can't have a scene with Ned and mama in a mud bath together is because that scene <laughs> would be ludicrous but Balance was ludicrous. It was, like, comedic high fantasy, and there was already a lot of suspension of disbelief required to, you know, any time you're going to read fantasy or engage with a kind of fantasy medium, you have to suspend your disbelief, and then you can just suspend it to the point where you have really funny, silly scenes between characters. And I really think this hits on another big topic of this TTAZZ, which is how much, like, so much of the differences between balance and amnesty are not necessarily because of the boys playing things differently yeah i think it's i mean i think that is a part of it but also it's it's just just the way the games are yeah the tone is so much different it's like they also talked about how one thing that was really interesting is one of the listeners was asking about uh amnesty being kind of like darker or more grim than Mm. balance and clint and I was with him on this, was going like, do you think it's darker than balance? Because so many people died in the balance arc. Like, the scale yeah. was so much bigger. Yeah. But that's that's the thing, is, like, that big scale, that, like, fantasy-level scale is what made some of the violence and, like, grimmer themes in that story, like, not less affecting, but less personal in a way. Yeah, yeah. That's why, like... In in a, in a like a movie rating, for example, you can have an R-rated movie for f- violence or fantasy violence or yes. zombie violence. Like there's an acknowledgement the, that specific, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an acknowledgement that like the the impact of these kind of like heavy themes is different depending on the the, the setting suspension of the reality. Toe. Yeah, so in. <laughs> in amnesty even though like not as many people have died in in some sense like anything that happens is closer to home because it's closer to reality than yes. balance was
1: yes um you went on for a really
0: long time I did I'm sorry <laughs> it's okay I I
1: had like things and I was like I'll talk about it later when you finishes no I
0: have like five pages of notes <laughs> I have a lot I had a lot to say about what they talked about in this episode no it's okay it's okay
1: it's really okay um Oh, okay, this is going back about a couple minutes ago. But yes. how about how they have downtime. Yes. Um so I mean like they do still have lunar interludes. Um but mm-hmm. I feel like from what I can recall, the lunar interludes, even those have some tension and intrigue. Um but they also like didn't didn't Danny and, and Aubrey go to a hot spring once yeah like, they, they had
0: that? they had the mud bath scene, not exactly or i think they were mushroom hunting mushroom and then hunting. and then they were like hey you want to go chill in the hot tub yeah we didn't get to see the hot tub we scene but that that's another like the brothers don't want to role play dates with each other thing yeah. i bet <laughs> uh but yeah i do i do think there's room for this kind of thing in this campaign i don't think it's like oh the tone's yeah. not right so we can't have like scenes where people are connecting with each other. It's yeah. just, like, I don't know, it's hard. It's hard it's, to fit you everything can't, in.
1: You can't do it in the middle of a campaign, because, yes, it doesn't make sense. But there there are built-in spaces where you can do little side activities with, like, each other or with with NPCs and stuff. Like, I think, narratively, it's more interesting if the characters do stuff with different NPCs. Yeah. Um, just because then we get to see them, you know, um, interacting with people they wouldn't necessarily interact with a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But... But even then, like, we talk about this with Balance, too. Like, we never really felt like Merle and Taco never really hung out.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's just this thing of, like, it would just feel like them hanging out with them, I think. Although I think that wouldn't be quite as true in this arc, I think. Because I think they're a little more divorced from their characters. Or they're not just, they're not playing, well, I don't know. It's hard to think about, like, I don't think Justin was really playing him. Maybe none of them were really playing themselves, but I feel like it was a lot more the diff, the the kind of boundary between Merle and Clint or Magnus and Travis was thinner for balance than it is for this campaign where they kind of sat down and were like, I want to make up a character. Like I'm going to write someone.
1: And, and this is, I love that they talked about this in in the episode, how they put so much pressure on themselves to like build a fully realized character right off the bat. Um, And how they were like, maybe in the future, we won't try so hard. But you know, like, I I get it. I get why they were trying so hard. Because they were trying, they were eager. They they wanted to get, they just got off this really long, established thing. They were going to come out with a graphic novel. They had all these fans. There's a lot of pressure to deliver for the next arc. So, like, I get why they did what they did. But I can also understand why they felt a little, like uneasy with the characters that they kind of landed with i mean they're they're all really great fantastic characters um and i think we've also talked about this too like how necessary is it that we have an introduction world building episode before because like for balance we didn't really get that well we sort of did like that first episode was world building but also they started the campaign you know so Maybe going forward for the next arc, like, that's something that they'll consider. They'll do a brief introduction, but they won't actually, like, tell the audience a whole lot of things. Yeah. It's, it's the difference between exposition and, and um like, showing by doing.
0: Yeah, like like a kind of show-don't-tell kind of thing. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I think, you know, like,
1: uh, as they as they go along and they realize what works, what doesn't work, what they like, like we'll get to see that and they'll understand it better. Assuming that we have like tons and tons and tons of arcs to get, to look forward to. I hope. Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) me too. I also hope that's true. I think they. it's interesting because I think it's like a, a, definitely still a learning process because even when they were doing commitment, their first like experimental arc right after balance, they said like after they did that, arc oh maybe we'll we overdevelop those characters from the beginning and maybe we should step back from that and it's like they're still stepping back i think yes but i understand also they don't want to like i guess it's a it's a weird thing because it's like they talked about how the characters that they made for balance were just like justin was saying how like he was basically just making stuff up at at any given moment for taco from the beginning and like I think they're afraid that if they were try to try to do that again there would maybe be more misses than hits. But mm-hmm. like I trust them to do a good job doing that. They're like now that I've listened to hundreds of episodes of Mabim Bam and Yay. I feel like I I feel like I understand them on a, on a on a level as comedians on a level that I hadn't before. And yes. it's like I, I, I don't think they need to be that nervous about it. I honestly trust them to make something funny at the least no yeah. matter like you know what they're doing i don't think they're going to make characters that people hate and that aren't enjoyable even if they're they're just pulling it out of their ass you know yeah yeah
1: i i think maybe like the 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 thing that compels them to want to make new characters um Part of it is well they they've also said this is part of it is they really like building characters like character creation is one of the most fun things you can do when you're starting a campaign. Absolutely, yeah. That's <laughs> not just
0: the Mac. That's not just the Macros thinking that <laughs> anybody who's played D and D or another role playing game, you will know how much fun it is to roll a new character. Like so, I, I feel like
1: that's part of it too. Is that they were like, oh my god, we have so many different storylines. We get to make so many different characters. Like I I can kind of appreciate them wanting to. Create content and also bring us in um but I mean maybe that was also partly to their detriment because again it was just a lot of talking but not a lot of showing yeah Um, and then also it kind of put like it put like pressure on the characters to deliver like okay I said that I said this in my introduction so now I know I have to play it up because that is what I do yeah um and I I feel I feel like I don't remember if Justin said this in this episode or in the previous episode, but uh, how um, he learned so much about developing a character by playing Duck. Like he, yeah. he didn't really know, like he had all these ideas of what Duck of who Duck was, but he didn't really know, like Duck's personality or how to play him until maybe like twelve episodes in or yeah. something. And I I think maybe Griffin was saying that for all of them, how they came in with an idea. And and all of this backstory, but they didn't really know how to play the characters just mm-hmm. yet until they were like maybe
0: two bomb bombs in. Two bomb bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Duck for a second. Sure. I'm jumping ahead a little, but you know the part where they were talking about Duck's class change yes and how they said they got the most negative I feedback cannot, i cannot I can, believe they couldn't was doing believe that? it i couldn't believe it like who listeners, was you feedback? know that me and chelsea were a huge fan of that from the beginning i i i meant to like google this but i forgot to but i kind of wanted to look and see like what was the negative feedback what was people's problem with yeah. that was yeah. it like a, i don't think that was a good character choice or was it like a that's not as fun to listen to. Like, what is yeah. the age range of people was, who had a negative reaction? It was reaction? so
1: interesting. Maybe it was like a Tumblr thing. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't not getting those vibes at all on Facebook.
0: Okay. Um, interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I agree completely with Justin on this one that he was like, how often do you get to hear it that a reluctant hero suddenly kind of, you know, it warms up to the idea of being a hero but then suddenly doesn't get to be a hero anymore
0: yeah great like the minute I was hearing that I was like I think that's been my favorite episode so far actually when they kind of introduced that change just because I remember really enjoying that moment just because it was like the possibilities were so evocative it was just a really it's such an interesting thing to happen to a person and, you know? and, yeah, it's interesting, one, because it never really happens <clears throat> a whole uh-huh.
1: lot ever in, like, social, or in, in like, media. Um, but it also, like, you, you're you right, like, w- where does a character go from there? They can yeah. only go up. So now you're just going to, like, really see a character develop, you're gonna really see, like... Y- they they get to do so many more things, just because mm-hmm. they aren't, like, kicking butt. Or, or maybe they're a little bit more fragile. Yeah. But, like... They
0: get to do more. <laughs> I know. I it, this makes me. I wanted to talk about the live show discussion, which is something yes. that we've talked about before. Ad Yes. Yeah. One of my like a thing that I was thinking about about that was um, how. So let's let's talk about the live shows for a second, <laughs> and then I'm gonna bring sure. it back to duck sure, uh, sure, ducks sure. Uh, class change. So they are. They have heard people's suggestions probably, or thought about it themselves doing live shows with. Other characters, different worlds, yes. and like, I mean, I would really like to revisit a lot of those characters. I think, yes. and I think a one the the biggest thing for me about the live shows is that. Griffin I remember how much during when balance was finally wrapping up he would say like I know people don't want it to end because it's such a good story but I don't want it to be a thing that drags on forever and I mean as somebody who's watched a lot of bad American television that's bad for that reason I really appreciate that attitude and that willingness to like tell the story to its conclusion and not milk it Bone dry, you know, not like squeeze all that you can get out of it out of it, like, yeah i i I, I, wouldn't... I oh go ahead, well, no, you go ahead,
1: well, I was gonna say, I appreciate that they were just like, we don't want to start to feel like a cover band, like yes, exactly i I love that Travis was like, I, you know, like it's getting it's kind of getting to a point where we just go on stage, we say a couple of familiar names and you guys mm-hmm. applaud. And like, ah oh, no, yeah. Like as much fun as these live shows are, like I get it.
0: Yeah, um, like Griffin didn't want Balance to go on past its expri- past its prime, and like, I don't. I would hate for that to happen to him. Yeah. To, because of the live shows, you know, like yeah. I don't want to see that. I don't want him. I don't want them to have to see that. Um. I. I am. I don't know. Like. I I feel that very strongly about like this story is told, and I haven't heard a live show so far that I didn't like, and there are a couple of them that I've enjoyed very much since Balance ended. But I'm kind of on their page where like, you know, I re listened to the first Elementary recently, and then I listened to the second one with Pat mm-hmm. Rockfus for but the you, next. You have got to teach me how to get back
1: into because <laughs> um, I have not I, I am also a donor but I Dude, do I know. not know I just emailed them it.
0: and I'm like hey am I supposed to get a new password and they were like oh uh, here it is so <laughs> oh my gosh okay um and I just like elementary is so fucking funny and I would not I would not mind at all to seeing them do like more fun one shots for live shows oh my god please! not even just for live shows they talked about like maybe we'll do a couple one shots after we finish amnesty just like as a palate cleanser whatever like we don't need to call them experimental arcs like i would love that i love like i i mean i love what balance turned into which is to say it got very dramatic and very emotional and i love that part of it but almost equally i love the first couple of arcs where everything is just like very loose and fun and I would not mind seeing more of that in the form of live shows and one shots if that's what it takes you know it's it's hard um like
1: like the guys were saying just because there's so much relying on them filling seats and them selling tickets yeah absolutely so like I I would love for them to be able to recapture that kind of like levity Mm-hmm. And and to have just fun, and I kind of feel like maybe that that is what they're doing with all these little side stories, um, is that they are just they're having fun. It, these are all bonus episodes, you know. Yeah. Um, but the pressure is there because they have to keep bringing out new, th- like when Merle or Merle when Clint was just like, I cast Zone of Truth, and I'm like, Yeah, that's <laughs> still very exciting. <laughs> but you know you can't it do can't it like, for every, forever. yeah yeah you can't you can't do it for like every single live show. Um, I, I have in my notes that I agree, I, I would love to hear more one shots. Um, I, I, like,
0: would they still call it adventure zone? I guess. Yeah, they could. Sure, cause I think, so. I mean, yeah. Amnesty is still adventure zone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it could just be, you know, that's what the McElroys do when they play RPG
0: games is that's yeah. the adventure zone. Cause they go on an adventure. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what the adventure zone is. I would say.
1: Yeah. I, I would pay money is to just watch them play in, um,
0: like a one shot RPG. Because the one shots that I've heard from them so far have been so fucking funny. Elementary was great. I haven't listened to Honey Heist yet because um, I'm so I'm am sh- sure it is also great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I would mind that at all. Um, and the point I was trying to get to when I started talking about the live show thing oh, yes, is yes, when they were talking about um, the used car dealership thing, like they don't want <laughs> yeah. it to turn into the characters just like running their used car dealership thing. They don't want it to get like old yeah. but like actually when he when they were talking about that I was kind of like I I would actually love to see like a episode that was about trace horny boys being kind of like washed up and struggling to find their place in the world post finale. (laughs) Like we kind of saw a little bit of that in the pirate episode where I think Davenport at that point was lying to con them, but he was saying like, you know, I like, don't know how I fit in here. Like we saved the world. What do we do now? And I loved that. And Uh, I was like, Oh, finally it's starting. Like I was kind of like, maybe we'll get to see more of that in the live shows. And this is, I don't know like yeah when you're gonna have like post finale content or something or sequel content you need to introduce new conflict and like that's the conflict I would want to see with these characters it's like they saved the world how do they feel now and I I think that kind of ties into like why I love seeing duck stripped of his powers why I love duck's character as a concept old washed up superhero that's basically what he is I love that trope I think (laughs) <laughs> and
1: <laughs> you just something... love seeing them suffer
0: <laughs> yes that's why wonderland was my that's why my favorite arc was uh, the wonderland arc but um was it really oh absolutely wow what was your favorite arc in balance
1: oh man uh rockport express well okay rockport express but also like there's a story in a song does that i would say that counts that but count? you're cheating <laughs> <Unofficially>, <laughs> so yeah you can say unofficially, that unofficially unofficially <laughs> Episode sixty eight on its own. Or or just like everything like the last three episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unofficially, that's my favorite art. But like okay. officially, officially, officially. Um, yeah, Rockport Express just because right, yeah, Rockport Limited is fucking good. Oh, Limited. <laughs> duh. It was a really fast train, I thought maybe. Um, but it was it was just a very neat like neat with a little bow on, on top top of the box. It was just like a open and shut, straightforward mystery and it was just a lot of fun and like it was the first time where the boys kind of knew the characters that they were playing and yeah they really kind of fleshed out like story and detail and characters and like it was I, I think I was also just so kind of impressed with uh the, the resolution of that arc that I was just kind of like man they had a mystery and they 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 fixed well I don't know that they solved the mystery or they the way it was supposed to be in ta- well I guess yeah they did they solved they the did, mystery. They solved yeah. the mystery.
0: No, but I agree with you about that ending being kind of like a defining moment. Yeah. Like, there were a lot of, I think, defining moments you could argue in the series. Like, Barry Blue Jeans, obviously, for a lot of people, was a moment where the tone changed in an yeah. important way. And I think for me, definitely, like, when Garrett, when they were doing, like, the, the, um, in pedals to the metal, when they were mm. in the middle of the race and Garrel first appears, that whole episode, like, I think, Changed me from, like, oh, I like this show to, oh, I love this show, actually. Yes, 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 yes. And I think a part that I haven't, like, verbalized yet and have maybe, like, underrated, but which was another big moment, was the end of um, Rockport Limited when Taco disappears the train and saves Rockport. Because it's, like, when you're really playing D&D, it's so easy to fuck up. And, like, Like, if your DM is doing a good job, they're trying to make you into your into a hero, which I'm kind of quoting uh, Matt Mercer on this, but I thought he had a really good explanation of what your job is as a DM. And it's like, you're trying to build a story that your characters are satisfied with. And if your players are happy, that is like the end state, unless you're a sadist. Um, (laughs) But it's so easy to fuck up. (laughs) Like Again, I must, as much as I've been saying in this episode, wow, you really can have important, meaningful moments in like, it just sitting around the table. That's in contrast to all the times where you're like, fuck, this didn't work. This is not working out. You know, this is all garbage. Oh, we messed up. And yeah. um, just, like, seeing Justin come up with the right spell. That was, like, one of the first moments where it's like, you guys, I'm just going to whip this out. And we're going to solve this huge problem in a way that you weren't expecting. And yeah. it was just... Like oh they did it and then they saved Rockport and they like this felt like not just listening to people play D D but listening to people like build a story together. Yes yes
1: yes yes yeah you it know, was awesome. Like to to be really fair I think I really liked it just because the end of that arc didn't it didn't end with a big battle it ended with like storytelling. <laughs>
0: that's true yeah so, that's I think true. that that's
1: probably why I really liked it. I mean really
0: there was it. a bad, a big battle but you're right it wasn't like the the climax was disappearing the train it yes. wasn't defeating the disgusting flesh golems yes. with the tiny hands that i hated um <laughs> ugh, so disgusting i think but i think that's also why
1: maybe the live shows do feel a little bit stale especially you know it's been like a year and a half yeah is um like they they were saying that you know they they're just kind of repeating old favorites for applause but also another thing like you were saying was um, introducing new conflict like there, all all of these one shots, although there there does seem to be some kind of underlying theme because Garfield is doing something.
0: Yes, I <laughs> thought about that actually. I have wondered what if Griffin has a like a secret plan or if he just like after listening to him talk about how much he's winging it through amnesty, he yeah. might have just been laying those eggs as like just in case. You yes, know, maybe yes, I yes, can yes, do yes. something here, but I don't need to.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he probably, like, he's he's winging it, but I'm sure that there are things, like, he's going to find a way um, to maybe ten episodes from now, like, string together things that we thought were just random, but were actually hints. Uh-huh. Like, knowing <laughs> and him... I mean, that's
0: the thing. They might have been random, and then they get turned into hints at the opportune moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I always remember, I don't remember if you were a Red versus Blue fan.
1: Um, I was for, like, maybe the first... Uh, Two thirds of the series.
0: Okay, yeah, I I didn't watch past season nine, maybe, but like Jeez, one... there were more than that. Oh my god, so many. Oh know. <laughs> so yeah, listen, I'm just gonna say here, I thought um Reconstruction was fucking great, and I seasons one through seven, I loved very much when yes. I was in high school, and yep. actually, I rewatched a little recently, and I was like, this is so pretty funny to me, actually. Yeah, no, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember listening to an episode. So you might not know what I'm going to talk about right now if you didn't uh, listen listen past, like, four seasons maybe. Yeah, I, I think, like, seasons. maybe the,
1: the most I watched maybe was four or five.
0: Okay. So then you might not. I'm going to be vague, but Ber- I was listening to the Rooster Teeth podcast and mm-hmm. Bernie Burns was talking about, like, people asked me, was I planning it the whole time? Or, like, people wondering about how you can just, like, Take a, a a thing from the the kind of like groundwork and then turn it into retrospectively foreshadowing yeah um, and he he used Lord of the Rings as an example like when when R. R. Tolkien wrote The Hobbit like he didn't mean for that ring to be what it ended up being, but then when he wanted to write more, he looked back for like something he could turn into what he needed to make the series go on,
1: yeah. I think like it, the ability to do that as as an author, as a storyteller is just incredible. it's it, as a reader, it's so satisfying because then you're like, I knew it. but as as a writer, I can't even fathom trying to connect all of these things and making them make sense and and making them feel um, justified or feel organic. yeah, you
0: know? and I think like Griffin, he talks about, you know, people complain that he's railroading, but like mostly for balance that he was railroading things and that like you know he wasn't giving the players control but like even if he did have kind of a plan he must have done so much of the other thing like just going like Oh, I'm looking back and like, man, people like you know this character. I'm gonna bring Barry Blue Jeans back and make him <laughs> fucking in- integral to the story. He didn't when they invented Barry Blue Jeans. Yeah. He didn't know what that was going to become. That's something yeah. that like I think, even if Griffin did, you know, his fair share of railroading, I think a lot of what he did and his strength as a storyteller in this this context or this genre is being able to go back and like say oh i'm gonna make that ring important to the story or i'm going to make these elements of this thing like i'm now going to expand on those and make it seem like i had the plan the whole time like being able to connect the dots in that way even like in retrospect is uh it's a very impressive Yeah. yeah and i think that's why when griffin talks about like Oh, I don't know where this campaign is going. And I'm like, what do you (laughs) even like Chelsea Chelsea, does he does he have a plan for the ending at all? Like how much is he he, winning it? He's so
1: he is so sure that they are about halfway and that they are Dude, um, yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. And that they're gonna finish this year and that they aren't going to go past sixty nine episodes. Like, he is so sure. So he must have
0: some kind of end state
1: in mind he must Yeah,
0: I. he must have an idea but like he seemed it's just wild to hear him talk about like how much he is ready to think on the fly which like yeah. i'm not good at like oh I'm my favorite either. part of my favorite part of being dm is sitting down with the campaign booklet and reading it cover to cover and making <laughs> notes and doing cross references to other volumes and looking up lore background on the Forgotten Realms wiki and like all of the intense tense planning and research at the beginning is my favorite part actually running the thing is so difficult it's like Uh. it's so stressful to for me to think on the fly and to like make sure things are all fit together while I'm actively trying to do stupid accents for you guys and like (laughs) suffering through a lot of these performance elements which I want to do over there just like I don't know I know and it's just like oh I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to undermine like I think, think you just knows. got he just got better at lying. At Maybe <laughs> Maybe that's true. Like I know, you know, from what he has said himself and what I've guessed about him, I think this is a boy that is very stressed and anxious a lot and is under a lot of pressure, but he he obviously is very skilled at what he's doing here. And it's very impressive <laughs> to me. I don't know that
1: I have anything else Conversational worthy yeah I'm not
0: sure either I have mostly mm. like notes about stuff that I liked
1: yeah <laughs> I feel like that's how most of these yeah either live shows <laughs> either live shows or um ttazz episodes are us just pointing out things that we liked I like that they told us their favorite live shows
0: me too and I was so happy when Clinton Travis said that the Wrestlemania one was their favorite because that's my favorite also yeah followed by the pirate one i think did you say your favorite was the heist one chelsea the casino heist yeah, yeah.
1: That i love one. that
0: one well i i think travis's favorite was the dracula one. oh no no i think Ju- i think justin said that one of them definitely said the dracula but i remember travis said it was wrestlemania I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was super oh, no, happy wait. about
1: that. Griffin Griffin liked the Christmas WrestleMania yes, one. Yes. And then Clint liked the origin or was it just Travis? I they- think
0: Travis said it first and then Clint was like, Yeah, that one and he talked yeah. about it a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh Dracula, the casino heist. Um I really yeah. We we've had some really good live shows.
0: I think so too. Yeah, I really like them. Um one one thing that I had to in terms of questions that got answered for us are kind of longstanding questions i I wondered before whether Clint was like an actual horror movie buff or whether he'd just done a bunch of research to to role play Ned effectively yeah the answer is yes he is actually a fan <laughs> of like those like like cheesy horror movies and stuff yeah. and he was bringing those uh he was uh generating those examples from memory apparently yeah which is I, cool. I like
1: that uh, how personal this whole arc is like first yeah. of all
0: it's in West Virginia but second mm-hmm. of
1: all they're also bringing in like real life things yeah like Travis with of. the magic
0: uh, stage yep. magic thing yep yep, yep super yep, yep, fun yep. yeah so I'm glad Justin said that he wants to DM something now yes um, and I thought Clint's reaction was so funny he was just going like oh my god in the background
1: <laughs> yeah. oh man I can't um, I can't imagine Justin DMing for something for more than one episode. Like, Me I neither. He, <laughs> yeah, like I think he uh is is really great at doing these one episode things, um, but I can also see him kind of like I don't know, getting antsy maybe with having to do more. Yeah, than-
0: I don't know. It's not like, I also have this feeling of like, mm, are you sure you want to do that, Justin? And it's not no. like I'm saying it's not that I'm thinking, like, oh, I don't think he has the skills to do it. But it's just, like, he's he's made his opinion so clear that I just, like, he's left a very strong impression of yes. not really wanting to do it. I'm like, but are you sure? Like, are you going to change your mind about that? Because, you know, I also have, even though I have DM'd before and I do enjoy doing it, but, like, there, I have a lot of misgivings about it. And <laughs> it's not surprising that someone's going, Mm, how about you keep doing it, Griffin? You know? Yeah. <laughs> What do you want them to do next, Chelsea? In terms of? A new... Their next campaign. Oh, their next campaign. Travis said he had an idea.
1: Yeah. Um, I I don't know that I would want them to revisit anything they already partially started. Like, I, I don't think I would want them to continue Dust or, or Commitment or... Well, I guess those, that was kind of it, right? Yeah. We only had three, <laughs> <laughs> only had three options. Um, yeah, I... Like, as far as long form goes, I don't... I don't know. I thought it was interesting that Griffin said that this was supposed to be his like persona inspired like Yeah, I
0: didn't know that was this. <laughs> I didn't realize that was this either. <laughs> because, I thought this was the yeah, Buffy one. I said completely it's very thought it was the Buffy yeah. one. Yeah, I think maybe it's possible that when he was examining personas source material and like trying to think about it, the elements of it he realized like whoa this is kind of like monster of the week somehow i'm yeah, not sure it, he might have it, like began drawing parallels i'm just tr- thinking about my own creative process whenever yeah. i'm trying to like develop a story this happens like you're thinking about one thing but it makes you think of something else and then that other thing is how you end up like diving into the the meat of the story i think you you definitely can have a persona themed
1: um like monster of the week kind of game like you totally can but it i i it i don't think it would be formatted quite like this in in rural west virginia mm-hmm. um if they were going to do it you know yeah <laughs> so i mean if griffin has another actual more more like persona kind of role playing game i don't i mean if that's still on the table somehow that would be interesting yeah um or like does this do you satisfy- think they would want to play high schoolers though and no maybe college i feel like huh, high yeah. school high school is fine for japan but like i feel like in america everyone's got to at least be legal so. i kind of
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird double standard or something but it i mean i guess it's just like the like the 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 trends in the storytelling from yeah. both countries that's the patterns they follow but yeah i know yeah. what you mean <laughs>
1: um yeah so i mean does this um satisfy your space well, it's not really space, but it is, like, sci-fi kind of... Because you
0: wanted to hear well, no. Griffin's, like, yes. space
1: opera, right? Yep, so. and
0: I was going to say, like... <laughs> you hit it right on the nose, Chelsea. You know me so well. I <laughs> I, I know there are a lot of sci-fi elements to Amnesty, but I still want Griffin to DM, like, a deep, hard, Mass Effect-style, where, like, Hyperion, <laughs> here comes the strike, yeah. sci-fi... Up in space, alien yeah. species. I I want that very badly. Um yeah. and I would not. I, I want that, but I yeah. want Star
1: Wars. I want a Star Wars tabletop RPG. Oh,
0: that would be fun as hell. Okay, I, I have a question that about so that. Much. Like Wizards yes. obviously supports these podcasts being made and like uh, any kind of like live play tabletop things because. It is free advertisement for them. I'm willing to bet so many, so many people got into D and D because of the Adventure Zone. Oh, absolutely. Is it okay? Would it be okay to do a podcast about playing the Star? Wars? You wouldn't get in trouble, like, like, like would w- you have to pay Disney? Or yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, like, would, would that... it be copyright infringement?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're just role playing with your dad, um, a Star Wars. <laughs> fantasy... well, well, the Macaros are making money off of this program. Ah, uh-huh, that's true.
0: Yeah, it gets more complicated when there's money involved. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, speaking of D&D, talking about what I would like them to do next, I mean, they don't need to do it right away, or never if they don't want to, but I I wouldn't hate to see them go back to Forgotten Realms because I actually, like, I love D&D, and I'm biased, but, like, I love it when they were playing that, and I would love to see them play some more, and I was just kind of thinking, like, either setting up a new, it's like, I understand, there's this feeling of like they saved the world like there's no bigger boss they can defeat yeah. in Faerun so that world is done but I don't know if that's the case like even if you're a normal player even you, you're not going to go oh I don't want to go back to level well sometimes you do but like it's still fun for me to roll a level one character after I've been level eight or ten you know. Yeah. And Especially so, if they're, like, a different class or yeah. something. Yeah, and also, I would weirdly love to see uh, uh, them do a one-shot playing different characters within the world of Balance. Like, Ooh. I don't Ooh. know, I have this sense Ooh. that, like, I think. Ooh, that's I, a really good... I would love that. <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? I just, like, have this sense of, like, there's there could be, like... There's so many stories in Other that world, stories. obviously. Yeah. yeah, and it was, like... It's like, they don't have to keep being Taco, Magnus, and Merle. but can you imagine them talking about Taco, Magnus, and Murrell as other characters? You want them to do an Adventure Zone balance
1: Shippuden. Where yeah.
0: They <laughs> basically, <laughs> or like, a, a, I guess, like, a, I, I don't know a whole lot about Avatar, uh, but I believe that's what the, the one with the, um, God, what's her name?
1: Katara? Uh, Korra?
0: Yes, thank yeah. you. The yeah, Korra yeah. one is basically Naruto but for Avatar, right? Basi- yeah, okay. basically. Yeah. Because I actually think that's
1: fantastic. So if we're talking about the live shows, <laughs> just like, you know, they're fan fiction. Yeah. Um, that's a trope they haven't hit yet. They they haven't hit the um, future AU where it's the kids or the descendants or Oh something. my
0: god. I didn't even yes. think about that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's where my head was at. But your thing is also very exciting.
0: Okay. so So I'm thinking this through... Magnus never got together with anyone else. I can only assume because he that was the way he wanted to play that character is yeah, like that I'm saving it for my dead Julia. wife. Yep. Um, Taco and uh, Kravitz could adopt, so they could. also well, I, I f- it's not because Travis would have like all his
1: dogs, so maybe it's someone who was like training his dogs with him or something. Okay, that's true. Yeah. And
0: also, I I this is getting into weird like sci science fantasy territory, maybe, but in a world with magic. Like, if you had boy parts and you wanted to be, you wanted to be pregnant, you could just oh, like empreg. Like, n- well, <laughs> I don't mean like empreg. I mean like you could just poly, like polymorph is real in this world. You oh, yeah. could just like temporarily change your body into the state you wanted to be in in order to if you wanted a baby. Now you can have one like. If they even want children, I can easily imagine Taco not being into it, although Kravitz seems kind of more nurturing. Yeah, I think Kravitz would be, like, open to the idea, and Taco
1: would be like, no. Yeah. But then, like, after seeing Kravitz, like, uh, holding a baby
0: and the tender look on his face, he'd be like, Oh, Oh, God, okay, don't make me write this fanfic (laughs) in my mind. But this is interesting. So I can't believe I've never thought about this, and now I'm thinking about it, but, like, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think Magnus would have any descendants we could follow mm-hmm. necessarily, unless like I don't know, but yeah, like Taco uh, and Kravitz could conceivably have some descendants at this point, like some yeah. offspring, um, one way or another, along with Merle's kids. Yeah, Merle's ki- Merle's kids. So in this in this AU, uh,
1: Merle's kids <laughs> are the eldest of the oh crew. Oh my god!
0: And- <laughs> oh my god, Taco's son. I'm having, like, a... Yeah, this is, like, a weird, like, right at the end of Harry Potter book seven. and. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. I'd, I'd, I'd watch that. I can't believe I've never thought about this before. This is crazy. Do we want to talk about uh, Aubrey's ethnicity? Mm, they didn't talk about it in this
1: episode, and I still don't really feel like it's uh, apparent in... Well, I guess... Wait no, Travis did mention it in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's Puerto Rican. Yeah, I don't know. Do we want to talk about it in any more detail?
1: Mm. I think from what I've read and and listened to and things, the controversy is, uh, it's kind of the J.K. Rowling effect. Yeah. Where uh, Dumbledore's uh, you've gay. You've written. Yeah, you've written a character, and after the fact, you say a fact about them about how maybe they belong to a minority. Yeah. And then. Like the intent might be, oh, it's representation, but if you didn't say it at the beginning, yeah, like you
0: didn't put the work in for it,
1: yeah, like it's it's an afterthought. Yeah, it, it's it's a detail. It's it's not a defining, like, I don't know, something something like that. That's a part of someone's identity. Like like for example, like being Filipino doesn't completely define who I am, but you know, it's something that I I would talk about. In within the first paragraph of my life, not like thirty chapters later, yeah. you know. Yep. So, for me at least, it hasn't made itself apparent canonically in in the show. Mm-hmm. It only really comes up on these, um, like Q and A sessions.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it I does feel. It feels a little yeah. weird. It's um. I I guess the reason Travis if he's like taking it for granted that that's a fact about Aubrey, I guess it could be because he already said that a big inspiration for Aubrey's character was uh Aubrey Plaza. Oh yeah, that too. Who yeah. is like I think half Puerto Rican. I forget. So- I think
1: Something like that. Yeah,
0: I think so. So it's like, that's possibly why he's just like, oh, obviously this is a fact about her. But I don't think, like, I feel like, yeah, like it feels like an afterthought. And I'm trying to think about other examples from like balance. And I might be, I could be wrong about this. So correct me if I am, anyone. But like, I feel like, like, Loop, for example, as as an example of a character who is from Mm. like an underrepresented group. Yeah. I don't think, I think that character was well-received, and, like, they, like, right when they were introducing her, Griffin was, like, "Uh, so Lupus trans, and kind of just, like, said right up front, we did, you know, in the TTACZ yeah. that was out, like, right after that episode, they talked about it, and they talked about, like, yeah. we did, you know, we talked to people to try to make sure we did a good job doing this character, and it was never something yeah. that, like, it was just something that was always known about this character, it, I think but that's
1: that's the difference between loop and um Aubrey we didn't know this about Aubrey until 23 episodes in whereas loop within the first like five hours of knowing her existence we knew exactly who she was yeah. and and you know like it it in Aubrey's case it it cheapens it because we knew we we got to know Aubrey in all of these different doing all of these different things Without knowing something uh, like that, yeah, you know? yeah. So, uh, same thing. I was also thinking about like with Cardola and um, oh, can't think of her name. Was it Eileen? Yeah, I yeah. Think so, um, within within the first paragraph of Eileen's character is um, this is this idea that I was inspired by. Well, I I mean Justin yes. was inspired by by Inuit culture. I I've done a lot of research, a lot of reading. Like, it wasn't just a detail that he borrowed from someone yeah, else to it felt like he did sticker work. to his binder. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He he put in effort, and he was showing respect, and it he wasn't treating ethnicity like an like a bracelet that you put on. And yeah, take off. yeah. So, and, and that's why I don't really talk about Aubrey being Puerto Rican,
0: because... Um,
1: I don't know. That's that's a uh,
0: that's a weird spot for me. No, definitely. Yeah, I don't know if I made it clear, Chelsea. I w- d- I didn't want to go like. Let's talk about. Hey, Aubrey's Puerto Rican. That's cool. I was trying to bring up like. Do we want to talk about like? Oh, the that yeah, weird I part. I, of figured, it. I figured. I figured. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I I was uh trying to be delicate. Ah, uh, I gotcha. It.
1: As as the person of color. Yeah.
0: I, <laughs> I wanted to give you the floor <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know like I I guess I brought up loop because for for me as the white person on the floor I'm like <laughs> I can understand if the boys are nervous about like really leaning I don't know it's like maybe, you, maybe Travis wouldn't want to go like hey this character is Puerto Rican and try to like lean into that right up front because maybe like he is afraid that he'll like fall into stereotypes mm. but like yeah. I brought up loop because like I don't think they, they did that with Loop. Yeah, they were upfront about yeah. it and like I feel like it is possible for them as like cishet white dudes as they say sometimes I think to like depict characters that are kind of like outside of their group in a a way that is like sensitive to issues and is yeah. satisfactory to the group as far as I know. Yeah. So I I don't think it's this impossible. But that's why it's so it's, weird that like it's Oh man, what was my train of thought? It um... sorry Chels.
1: No, it's okay. Dang it. I think I think the real difference between, you know, Aubrey and, and all the other Oh, there we go, I found it. Okay. My train yes. was. Um, the boys have talked about wanting to be more inclusive, to represent like to bring more um different voices, different roles and, you know, like um have different characters and, and different dynamics in, in their IP, which I think is wonderful. That's great. Yeah. Um, and there is definitely an ethical and respectful way to go about it. Um, and I think how they handled Loop, how they handled Eileen and Cordola, I think those are pretty good examples. They were upfront and they said, I want to create a character with this in mind. And, and they took opinions from those voices in their fan base. They, they took feedback. They took that feedback to heart and that helped shape their characters. Um, for me, I think a lot of resentment um I I don't know I'd have to I'd have to maybe take a look at like the the people of color Facebook group because I think I know that's a thing. Yeah. There there's a fan there's a Taz fan group on Facebook that is just, you know, like primarily focused on like people of color. So like I I kind of want to hear it from their perspective, but I I know that for me at least speaking as someone of that you know that with that kind of identity is it it doesn't feel as genuine as he might intend it to feel, yeah, because it came about feeling like a like an afterthought
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I picked this thing because this actress I liked is also this thing mm-hmm. it doesn't really it sounds very juvenile, yeah, um, it doesn't sound as responsible as as I know the boys to be um I have yeah. Yeah. No Travis. But I and but that also is why like a lot of times his intentions are good probably but it's just the way he goes about them a lot of times they leave a bad taste in people's mouths just because they seem performative instead of sincere. Yeah. But it's also it's Travis. He's probably sincere. He means well, but impact is more important than intention. Mhm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um do you have any more notes or I don't should I think connect? so I think I'm uh kind of at the end here yeah dude I don't know how we talked about this tta's easy for over an hour <laughs> so
0: uh, yeah I don't know it's like the deeper we go the st- <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man well huh? uh, hey um
0: rage what's up where can people find us You can find us on Tumblr at taztalk.tumblr.com. You can send us an email at taztalkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can look us up on iTunes as taztalkpodcast.
1: Uh, We're also on Twitter. You can tweet at us because we are at taztalkpodcast.
0: Heck yeah. So did they say, Chelsea, that they were... When did we get a new
1: episode? (laughs) Did they say they were taking next week off? No, I think they took this week off because today's Thursday. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, oh. so next week we get a new plot. Okay, episode.
0: excellent. Yeah, all
1: right. Or something. They said something about two in a row. So then next week and the week after we get a new. I forget. <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know. The Joko Cruise, and I saw them last night. I was in San Jose. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's right. How was it? It was so funny. Oh, oh my man. God. I'm so excited for them to put up that show because it was just so good. Um, Was that it? I think so. Oh,
0: dang. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Bye.